Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market each day. I'm your host, Emily Flippin. I'm Jason Moser. I'm Nick Seipel. I'm Dylan Lewis. And today we're talking financials. Today we're talking consumer goods. Wild card! Wednesday. And we're talking energy. And today we're talking tech. Let's dive in. It's Monday, August 3rd. I'm your host, Jason Moser. On this week's financial show, we're going to dig into some recent earnings reports. We've got PayPal earnings that just came out. We've got Silicon Valley Bank earnings came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we're also going to take a look at a, a little acquisition that Apple has just made, one that probably flew under the radar of most because it's it's such a small deal, but it is a small deal that could have a big impact in the payment space. Joining me as always this week, it's Certified Financial Planner, Mr. Matt Frankel. Matt, how's everything going? Oh, pretty good. We're starting to get a little bit of the, the tropical storm right here, as you can see behind me. But Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we have, um, yeah, the clouds are starting to roll in up here, too. So I suspect it's just a matter of, just a matter of time. But, you know, thankfully, we're not the uh, directly in the path of anything. I mean, I was, I've told you before, I was down there in South Carolina back in 89 when Hurricane Hugo hit, right. and that was just, uh, I mean, you want to talk about life lessons. Man, I learned a lot about the power of, uh, the power of Mother Nature in, in, that, in that stretch of time, and it was, it was eye-opening, to say the least. Yes, yeah, so we're, we're in the path of it, but it shouldn't be that bad. I mean, in, in, the, in the Florida Keys, we barely closed schools for um, uh, tropical storms. So, in South Car- <laughs> yeah. so I came to South Carolina prepared. Oh man, that reminds me, and we'll get going here. But it reminds <laughs> me of one one time a number of years ago up here in Northern Virginia. I guess they were forecasting some fairly heavy conditions. I mean, it wasn't a tropical storm, but it, it was supposed to be. I don't know. It was supposed to be. I guess potentially dangerous or whatever. But they they canceled school. <laughs> they canceled school due to wind. And like, I mean, it, in hindsight, I mean, the wind wasn't. It was just like, uh, you know, maybe a tough day on the golf course, but it just kind of struck me, wow, they actually closed school for wind. I just did not <laughs> see that until until uh, until then. But enough about the weather, Matt. Let's talk about uh, some of the companies that we've been following here this earnings season. Uh, and, and, and we'll just go ahead and open this up with PayPal, because that's a company that so many listeners are familiar with. Uh, one that you and I talk a lot about, obviously, for a number of reasons. Um, you know, last last earnings season, last quarter, I said that you know PayPal to me it felt like PayPal won earnings season. Not that there's ever really a contest or whatever, but it was just it, it was it was a testament to how strong of a quarter they had in the report that they that they uh, delivered. It was just it was impressive on a number of fronts. Now I don't know that they necessarily won earnings season this year or this quarter, but man, they certainly came close because they chalked up another really nice quarter. Well we'll see. Earnings season isn't done yet. Um, but the, <laughs> the company did say they had the strongest quarter in their history, which is a pretty, you know, from PayPal, that's a pretty bold statement. Yes. Um, so, I mean, revenue growth was uh, 25% year over year. Not only did they reinstate their outlook. You remember at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, all these companies got rid of their guidance and yeah. because of the uncertainty or whatever. Not only did PayPal reinstitute its guidance, it raised its outlook for the year. <laughs> that takes some serious stones. Which is pretty it? crazy in this environment. I mean, 25% <laughs> revenue growth in the second quarter. I mean, I I bet you, I bet I can count on one hand the number of major companies that can, that can say that. Yeah, um, yeah. See, they added 21.3 million customers during the second quarter alone. 
Um, I mean, this they PayPal was really a I hate to say beneficiary in this environment, but they really were a beneficiary of the stay-at-home economy. Um, well, yeah, absolutely. So, out of those twenty-one point three million customers, I'm I'm willing to bet that a lot of them were just are just doing the on the PayPal thing for temporary purposes while the pandemic's going on. But a lot of them will be new PayPal customers for life. Um, a lot of that was Venmo. Venmo's payment volume was up over 50% in the quarter, which is, you know, pretty crazy. <laughs> you know, if people, if you have to send your friend money right now you, it, with social distancing, you can't just go hand them cash. Yeah. Um, so people are using Venmo a lot more. They're, they're developing their technology. Uh, they're doing a great job of integrating the honey acquisition. We, we, Talked about that a lot recently. Um, Honey user growth was three times its qu- first quarter level. Wow. Um, so, I mean, I, I was trying to find a bad number to add to that list I just rambled off, but I, I really couldn't do it. <laughs> Could you? <laughs> no, and I mean, it's an interesting point that you made there about Honey. You know, I mean, I, when that deal was first announced, and I mean, it was a, it was not a drop in the bucket. I mean, they paid a good, uh, a good chunk of change for that. In, in it was kind of like, well, I mean, I could see it going, you know, either way. But in in today's environment, and you have to figure that, like, over the course of the coming year, maybe even further. I mean, if folks are going to be somewhat strapped, I mean, they're going to be looking for bargains wherever they can find them, and that really is that's that's exactly what Honey does. Like, so I could see I could see users using that more, and it's becoming apparent now that that it, it certainly seems like a more complementary addition to the business than maybe we would have thought. Um, Initially, the 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 thing that got me—I mean, there are so many. You're right. So many of the numbers from this report were just stellar, and it's it's really hard to pick one that was that was better than anything else. Um, I you know I always focus on Zoom, the business they acquired, the international remittance company Zoom, and um, just to see that net new actives uh, for their Zoom platform were up six hundred percent from the previous quarter. You know, again, I mean, just to your point, like when you have to get money to people, and particularly now, if you're looking to get money to people overseas, you know, and that's what Zoom's really their specialty is outbound remittances. Um, it, it clearly is is becoming more and more an option that people are trusting. And and then to your point about Venmo, yeah, I mean, total payment volume up fifty two percent, thirty seven billion dollars flowing in that two hundred and twenty two billion dollars flowing through the entire PayPal network, Matt. Yeah, and I mean, just to kind of put that in perspective on how big a company PayPal is, uh, I mean, Square had $25 billion in the first quarter. That um, is amazing. So, it, it, that's, that includes Venmo, that includes PayPal, that, you know, that includes all the channels, but even so, that's a that's a remarkable amount of money. Um, and, like, I mean, the way we pay has really transformed over the past few months alone, and that's really being reflected in PayPal's numbers. I mean, now... Just if if we want to tip or tip somebody or send somebody like a small amount of money, I mean, we do it through PayPal or Venmo now. You don't just put you yeah. don't drop cash in a tip jar. People are ha- no. like um, Dan Klein. We were just talking about the online concerts he was hosting for his his musician friends, and they were all being tipped through Venmo and PayPal and Cash App and things like that. And that's just kind of a whole. We're we're finding new uses for these services. Is the point? And it's really now we're starting to see how that's reflected in the numbers, and it's pretty impressive. It is, and you know I've seen a couple of of times over the past few weeks. Um, I mean, <laughs> the coin shortage of all things, right? I mean, have you seen this around different places where there? I mean, there's a coin shortage, 
And I mean, that just goes to, you know, people aren't out spending as much. They're not out spending cash as much. And so, you know, coins now are, are less widespread in the system than perhaps they were before. And um, you even saw, I mean, I, I couldn't believe this when I saw Chick-fil-A offering food incentives for people to uh, to either spend without coins or to use coins at their store. But one way or the other, it was it was to accommodate this coin shortage and they were offering food incentives. And it just struck me. I was like, wow, I mean, this, this really is something. I don't know that this, I don't know that we go back to um, the way we've been used to spending money before. I think this really is one of those, one of those times that's going to be the catalyst that sort of takes it over the edge for a lot of people. It is. I remember um, the last time I had to cash in a jar of coins, they charged me something like an 8% fee. Now a lot of oh, now yeah. a lot of businesses are adding like a five percent bonus if you cash in a jar of coins. So they, <laughs> that's, they, right. that's just it's crazy how times have changed. Um, it is, it is, and you know I'll I'll, I'll just say this. I mean, I, I, I clearly we talk about the war on cash all the time and the companies that are benefiting from this. I I don't think that you or I believe that this is going to be turning and going in any other other direction. Um, I, I think that the, the writing is more or less on the wall, but I do think. It's interesting to see from PayPal's perspective. You see a lot of companies that are playing offense right now in, in a time of, of weakness and a time of turmoil. And a lot of companies out there are seeing this as an opportunity. And uh, PayPal is certainly no exception. And you know, Dan, Dan Shulman, the CEO of the company, said on the call, and I just thought this was, this was pretty cool. He said, I quote, this is our time and we intend to seize the moment. End quote. And so that gives you just, I think, an idea, the mindset of, of, of how they view this point in time. This is a big moment for this company, I think, and, and they are going to invest heavily in, in uh, what they see as really, um, you know, in an electronic currency future. Yeah, and I mean, after seeing these numbers, you really can't argue with that statement he made. I mean, what else is there to say? It's, it was a, a fantastic quarter. I like it. Earnings season's still going on, so I don't want to declare them the winner. I mean, Square <laughs> reports Wednesday afternoon, I think. Um, so I don't want to declare them the winner, but it, they got a pretty good head start. Yeah, they did all right. Well, I said on Motley Fool Money this past week, I think the Teladoc gave them a run this quarter. Teladoc, obviously not a financials, but um, yeah, that 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 was another really strong quarter. And you know, again, a company taking advantage of less physical contact, utilizing uh, you know connectivity uh, to to be able to get more things done. So yeah, yeah, really cool to see. Um, let's move away from the war on cash for a minute and talk about uh, more traditional banking. You know, we we talk often about the big banks, right? The big four with Wells Fargo and Citi and, and J.P. Morgan and, and Bank of America. Um, but there are other little banks out there that are figuring out ways to manage through this environment. Okay, Silicon Valley Bank, SVB Group, um, also released earnings a couple of weeks ago. It's clearly a difficult time for banks with, with the interest rate environment. Silicon Valley Bank, though, a little bit of a unique situation there. And, and you can guess from the name, the things that they actually uh, are, are, are working on, right? I mean, this is, a biz, this is a bank that's focused very much on tech, life sciences, healthcare, venture capital. I mean, shoot, I think there's even, they, I think they even have a, a big, a big, place in the wine industry, if I'm not mistaken. But um, you had a chance to look through that earnings release recently. I was wondering if you saw anything in there that stood out to you. Uh, a little bit. I mean, a lot of it's what you would expect from a bank in the current environment. Um, I mean, net in- I mean, earnings per share was down down from 6.97 a quarter, uh, the same quarter a year ago 
to $4.42 a share. So they lost about a third of their earnings, about what you would expect for a bank in this environment. That's not a, I wouldn't call that a giant surprise. Right. Um, but a few things did stand out to me that um, client funds under management were up 13% from the first quarter. Um, net interest income dropped a little bit, not too surprising. Um, their loan portfolio grew by 8% year over year, which pretty impressive. Wow. Um, the net charge off ratio actually declined from the first quarter, which, oh, you know, banks are setting aside billions of dollars in anticipation of loan losses, things like that. Um, it's really early to tell how the pandemic's going to affect the banking industry in terms of loan losses. Right. Um, you know, the government support's just been pouring in, especially during the second quarter. Government support was just pouring into the market in terms of uh, small business lending, in terms of the enhanced unemployment benefits, stimulus checks, you know, the whole nine yards. And I mean, as of now, that's all expired, the, the, especially the unemployment benefit, things like that. Yeah. So we haven't seen the full effect. So take that number with a grain of salt. But the charge-off ratio increased in most of the big banks. It was a pretty small and manageable increase, but it increased nonetheless. Um, Silicon Valley Bank, the net charge-off ratio actually declined. So that's something that really stood out to me. Um, and I mean, it was a, it was pretty a solid quarter. I mean, why I wouldn't call it a, a stellar quarter, but it they certainly performed a lot better than some of the other big banks. Yeah, and you know, it's it strikes me with with SVB uh, Financial that you know this is one of those banks that perhaps could give you the opportunity to invest in a little bit more um, cutting edge technology, forward-looking technology, um, without necessarily being exposed to, to, to the risky nature of that space. You know what I mean? I mean, this is, this is a financial, this is, this is a bank that essentially is helping, um, you know, underwrite and, 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 uh, and grow in, in totality. I mean, it's a pretty risky area, but, but when you get it with a bank, it's like a well-diversified portfolio, right? I mean, you're not really exposed to one particular business. You get a lot of different exposure with a bank like this, which, which I, you know, to me, in, in a world of just sort of traditional sleepy banks, this stands out to me as maybe a little bit more the, a little bit more exciting in that regard. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like a cross between a tech stock and a bank. I would almost call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if you believe in the the whole, um, you know, the, the tech revolution that's going on now, which I mean. I don't know about you, but my portfolio's biggest winners recently have been the tech companies. They haven't been all the <laughs> they haven't been all the value stocks I like to talk about. Yeah, yeah uh, it's been right. it's been all my tech companies that are winning, and that's the kind of company. <laughs> and I, but these are the kind of companies that Silicon Valley Bank lends to, yeah, and invests in for that matter. So if you believe in that whole whole market, and if you believe that that the rally in, that you're seeing in the in the Nasdaq has legs, then um, Silicon Valley could be the banking play for you. Could be, could be. Um, you mentioned Square earlier, and I, I thought that would be um, an interesting segue into this final story of the day, and one that we we saw recently here. Apple, uh, which just you know another company that reported is really a, a strong quarter, an impressive quarter. Um, Apple has acquired a little company called MobiWave, uh, just a little startup technology company that ultimately is is focused on. Payments technology, right? I mean, you can basically transform your iPhone into a payment terminal, is, is how they put it. And it looks like the acquisition is about $100 million. Yeah, MobiWave is just a little startup. 
Um, but when you when you read what Moby Wave does, it sounds very familiar to some of the stuff that Square does. Not all of it. I mean, let's let's one hundred million dollars for an acquisition like that. Let's recognize the fact that, that Square is a considerably uh, larger business. But you know, with Square, when you look at the hardware, you look at the software, you kind of take that experience into consideration. Square seems like a very Apple esque type of company, right? Apple sort of inspired, and, and I don't think that's any accident, but uh, to see Apple make this little acquisition, it kind of kind of makes you wonder maybe if Square shouldn't be looking in the rear view mirror a little bit. Well, I think Square's first mover advantage in the space still has legs. I know Apple has, you know, unlimited financial resources. Apple could afford to buy Square four times over right now. <laughs> yeah, um, I know. But having said that, Square figured out how to turn an iPhone into a payment terminal 10 years ago. That's true. So, I mean, we, we talked to Jim McKelvey not long ago, if you remember that. I um, do. Yeah, and, that was and, great. And he, he was telling how he solved that problem a long time ago. Now, clearly, the, you know, the technology's evolved and there's different applications and things like that. Um, I, I don't really see this as a competitive threat to Square at this point. Just because Square has done what Apple's done in the sense that it's really built out its own ecosystem really well. Yeah. In terms of Square is not just a payment processor. They also loan money to their their merchants um, through the online store. They facilitate things like curbside and on-demand delivery. Apple doesn't do any of those things. Apple's not planning on pursuing a banking license um, to, to provide other types of financial services to merchants. Yeah. So I see Apple really being... If anything, being able to penetrate kind of the small, the lower end of the market, meaning like, you know, the guys at the farmer's market who used to use the little square readers. Yeah. I, I could see Apple, you know, getting a piece of that market, people who don't want to pay for additional hardware, because Apple could absolutely take a loss on hardware and things like that and undercut square or take a loss on payment processing fees and and and, and, and appeal more to smaller merchants. But I, I see Square's ecosystem as really being kind of the big advantage here when you I mean, think of why people are willing to pay so much for iPhones or willing to pay so much for MacBooks and and things like that. It's because of Apple's ecosystem. I mean, that's it, that's that's Apple's big competitive advantage. It's not that its individual products are so much better than the competition. It's the ecosystem. I, I mean, at least that's how I've always understood Apple. Um, and Square is becoming an ecosystem, and it's had a you know 10-year head start over this company Apple just acquired. So where I see Apple kind of integrating this into and and to be fair Apple's not saying why they bought the company. Yeah. They're being they they specifically said we're not discussing why we bought it. Yep. Um so I could see Apple really kind of using this for more niche purposes. Um you know smaller merchants letting their users letting their users just kind of you do one-off payment transactions really easily. Um but I don't really see them as being a competitive threat to Square, especially in the kind of, you know, Square's built out kind of the, the larger business side of their, you know, with, with the Square terminal and their, their, their hardware is really built out. Yeah. They've become a whole lot more than just using your iPhone as a payment terminal. Yeah, that's a good point. And I mean, I tend to agree with that. I mean, I think that what Square's done, it's, it's easy to think of Square as just a, is, is a hardware company. Um but I mean, the fact of the matter is, really, it's it's the hardware that gets you in there, but it's the software that keeps you there. I think for most, and I could certainly see, um, you know, to me, I could see this acquisition almost looks like it's something they're just wanting to add. This would be another feature to the iPhone. You know, it would be another user-friendly feature to the iPhone for people that love their iPhone, and and uh, you know, one more reason why you you stay in that that 
iPhone universe, right? I mean, I don't know that this is anything that is going to be terribly meaningful to a company the size of Square. And, and yeah, to your point, the, the first mover advantage there is is significant, really, to overcome something like that. You'd have to present a tremendous uh value proposition. So yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, okay. Well, Matt, before we wrap it up this week, uh, let's give our listeners one to watch because earnings season is still in full tilt. I think we've got like a thousand plus companies reporting this week alone. Uh, what company are you watching this week and why? Oh, a little drum roll here. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. I am watching Square. Um, no. <laughs> and, and, but, well, specifically, I'll tell you what I'm watching when Square reports, not just kind of the headline numbers that we always listen to. Right. Um, the online store uh, part of Square has exploded during the first quarter. Um, it went from being almost nothing at the beginning of the quarter to being over $50 million a week in payment volume, which was a five times multiple just in the first quarter alone. Um, I want to see how that grew in the second quarter, especially since they rolled out the um, the on-demand delivery platform in June. So they're letting uh, retailers partner with you know third-party companies, say like an Uber, to facilitate on-demand delivery of their products. I want to see how that's working out. And the investment platform, which is pr- very very new, uh, you know, intended as a Robinhood competitor. I want to see some numbers behind that and see how that's kind of building out. Now that everybody's getting into the investment game with their with their stimulus check money and casinos being <laughs> shut down and you know all the stuff you read about the little the Robinhood investors I want to see if the square investors are 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 you know getting into the game too yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I'll be interested just to learn more about that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep an eye. It's they don't report this week, but they are reporting this month. It's Bill.com, uh, ticker B I L L. You and I did a, a deep dive on the company here a little while back uh, on on one of our shows. Um, but this, you know, cloud-based software that essentially looks to automate back office financial operations for those small to medium-sized businesses, those SMBs. Um, ultimately, just helping them take the paper check out of the equation. And and I just you know given everything that we talk about in the payment space, that's a pretty fascinating one. And and the company clearly is doing something right. I mean, um, last we reported, I mean the company had over ninety one thousand customers, processed six million payments, uh, which which represented year over year growth of twenty eight percent and twenty three percent respectively. Um, and, and you know I think that uh, there's a lot of potential with a company like this and the network effects that uh, it, it can develop. So. Um, Trying to trying to fully understand what their competitive advantage is or what the differentiator is, uh, but but it's had a great year. The market seems to really like this one, so I'm looking forward to learning more about it. So, Matt, I think that's going to do it for us this week, buddy. Um, any parting words for our listeners? Anything anything that you feel like people need to know? Just just in case uh, you know that hurricane knocks you out for a little while. Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm watching earnings season this week. Like you said, over a thousand companies. So just you know, sit back in a chair and watch the show is my parting words. <laughs> Love it. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you joining us this week as always and look forward to doing it again next week. All right. I will be here. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week, folks. Remember, you can always reach out to us on Twitter at MF Industry Focus, or you can drop us an email at industryfocus at fool.com. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. A big thanks, as always, to Tim Sparks for making this happen for us. For Matt Frankel, I'm Jason Moser. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.